Hi, I'm Taylor. And I'm Whitney. And we're the Ghost Sisters. The Ghost Sisters. And the music. So, um, we are doing episode six. Which is the first in my paranormal equipment series. But wait. So, we, I, I made Taylor go back through the stuff that she found. Oh, yes. Really, she wanted to go back through it? Because she was like, I can't believe you can't hear it when it says, can you hear me? And I was like, bitch, I don't hear anything. And she, like, tried to reduce everything so that you could hear the voice over the, the sound. And then... She was like, oh, it's in the sound. And then she realized that she herself is just hearing shit. <laughs> so I went through, I amplified it to the maximum that you can amplify it. Then I did a noise reduction. And when I did the noise reduction, it got rid of everything. And so I was like, okay. So I pulled back the noise reduction and just did the amplification just so I could hear it clearer. And when I played it back after I removed the noise reduction, I started hearing the can you hear it or can you hear me pattern over and over again, which tells me that it's static and it's audio pareidolia. So, so. just thought, uh, I mean, if you guys heard something cool, um, but also you may be uh, doing the same thing that Taylor is. So because I, I didn't hear anything. It just sounded like static to me. So. After we looked at that more, I was like, well, we should probably mention that. So legit, because that is why we're here. We're here to debunk it and look at it from a, a logical and scientific perspective. So I don't know what about me pulling down that noise reduction and then putting it back to how it was made me suddenly hear it differently. But it definitely like every time I play it now, I, yeah. I hear that pattern over and over again. So she was freaking the fuck out. She was like, what do you mean you can't hear it? And I was like, I can't hear it. Yeah. It was Sorry. like, it's right there. You can hear the cut of it. But yeah, no, like, you could cut yourself. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So you've got shit. I do. All I've right. got lots of shit. Okay. Let's <laughs> I'm go. I'm full of it today. No, I'm kidding. You, uh, you're nowhere, but all right, yeah. let's go. Okay. So I, went through our list of things that we currently use. And then I created a wish list of things that I wanted to use. And then I broke them down into big categories so that I'm not going through 40 different types of instruments. All so right. this is going to be a three part series, but we're going to pepper in some not scientific things in there. So then that way Whitney doesn't go crazy. <laughs> Can we say sprinkle in? Cause that's more like my vibe than pepper. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I got it. The baking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, sprinkle. You're not a chef. You're a baker. Bitch, you're a be pastry both. chef. Yeah, you can yeah, be both. Yeah, you can just like. You're going to be both. You can eat a dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mom can eat a dick. Okay. Your ass can eat a dick. God. <laughs> whoa. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that took me a little too long. Oh, my God. Okay. I love that our parents are going to listen to this. So, hi, mom and dad. Okay. Hey, mom and daddy. So, I ended up with 12 overall categories of paranormal equipment. And then, as I started researching them, I got through the first four and realized I had seven pages of research. And that was when I was like, I think we need three episodes. So, I'm starting with digital recorders, cameras, and lights, 
And then if at any point you hear snorting and stuff, it's Sophie. Yeah, I can hear her tummy gurgling. So if y'all heard like, that was Sophie's tummy. Yes. Um, The ovalis and ovalis-like devices. Well, actually just the ovalis in general, because there's a whole thing with that. And then spirit boxes. Okay. So I'm going to tell you right out. Every source that I found that was not specifically for paranormal was basically like, this is all crap and a hoax. So I'm going to start with digital recorders. And we use, I've got a a system to this because of course I do. Sure. Uh, I start with how they're used in ghost hunting. Then I go into the history behind it. And Mm -hmm. then I go into explanations for what could be used to explain it away, basically. And then examples of the types of devices. All right. So how digital recorders are used in ghost hunting is they capture EVP or electronic voice phenomenon. This was popularized by Constantine Rodive. I'm assuming that's how you say that. I wanted to say it that way. So I did it. Rodive, Rodive. It's probably Rodive, to be honest. Rodive. Rodive. It went from so fancy to like super white. It really did. Yeah. (laughs) Rodive. So this was in the 1970s. It's typically very brief, and it's usually the length of a word or a short phrase. Like, you hardly ever will get whole-ass sentences on an EVP. So, history. So, like, can you hear me? That's technically a whole sentence, but it's also a short phrase. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, technically, no is a whole sentence, too, so. What part of no don't you understand? The N or, <laughs> or the, the O? o. Mom and dad are like, come on. <laughs> Guys. Jesus. So start your podcast over. Okay, now start it again. That was something that they did. They oh. if we if we got in trouble, like if you slam a door, you have to open it again and then close it. And then open it again and then close it. Until you knew how to do it right, you had to do it over again. So we will not be restarting the podcast over. Thank you very much. No. Okay. I also ended up having to do that constantly. I did not because I learned from this one. Yeah. Oldest child. Yeah. So, um, so the history behind digital recorders as it goes with ghost hunting, <laughs> the initial recording started whenever spiritualism came out. Of course. Uh, this was through the 1840s through the 1940s and sound recording became more widespread during this time period. So the first possible success in capturing EVP was by Attila von Sesley. I freaking love that his name is Attila, just saying that. I Okay, so for the longest time, I thought that Attila the Hun, like, I didn't realize that was a person. I thought it was like, like, I didn't realize that his name was Attila. I thought it was like a sail of the ship kind of thing. Oh, okay. I got you. Like he belonged to the Hun. It like a blank of the Hun. Yeah. Yeah. I got so you. It took okay. me a long time to, so, okay. That's, that's fair. A little fun tidbit for you guys that I'm <laughs> stupid. All it's right. Good. He was using, uh, in 1956, a reel to reel tape recorder with Raymond Bayless. This recorder was custom made to consist of a microphone a microphone, a microphone in an insulated cabinet connected to an external recording device and speaker. So basically you've got the recorder and the speaker sitting outside of the box. And then the microphone itself is in the box and that is insulated to prevent sound like external sound from getting in. Okay. I, okay. It's basically isolating the EVP. Yeah. So if 
But then, like, the ghost has to really work to get to it. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That becomes a thing here in a little bit. Oh, hey, yeah. Look at me. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Foreshadowing. So they reported many on the, many sounds on the tape that could not be heard on the speaker at the time of the recording. And some occurred when the cabinet was empty entirely. So some of the things that they caught, then this killed me when I saw it, was this is G. What up, G? What up, G? This is G. Hot dog art. <laughs> <laughs> hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> and then Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you all, which is way more than a word or a phrase. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn. I mean, Merry Christmas to you too, Spirit, but like, whoa. Yes. Shit. So they published this in the Journal of the American Society of Psychical Research in 1959. So, 50s were crazy. Man. 50s were crazy. And then, I mean, you thought the 70s were crazy? The 50s. Holy oh, shit. 50s. And then we have uh, Friedrich Jurgensen. He was, in 1959, he heard his dead father's voice. He heard his dead wife calling his name. And he got a message from his mother on the recur- recording of bird songs he had made. So he was out there recording bird songs for, I don't know why, I guess to listen to later. And whenever he played it back, he heard these things in there. So his mother was dead too, right? I assume so. Yes. You specified dead father, (laughs) dead wife, and then said mother. Yeah. I don't know. She could have just been standing next to him and been like, Frederick. (laughs) Whatever his name was. Yeah. So I, that was how the source specified it. So. Okay. Yeah. And also like, dude, you got a lot of dead people. He does have a lot of dead people. What's going on there? So getting a little bit more scientific with it, mm-hmm. we see Rodiv. He is a Latvian psychologist, well, was a Latvian psychologist that worked in Sweden with Jurgensen. Yeah. He made over 100,000 recordings, some of which were conducted in an RF screened laboratory. And I had to look up what this was. I was going to say, and that means. Yes. So RF stands for radio frequency. Heard. And basically this is a chamber that is it's like a faraday cage where you can't let uh whatever's inside of it is blocked from radio frequencies trying to come in so it created a radio silent environment okay so the recordings contained words that were identifiable and he invited people to interpret themselves so he basically called in a bunch of like random citizens and said, you want to do the study? And then they came in and they listened to it. Did they get paid? I hope so. I'm just thinking like, if some guy was like, you want to come into my weird room and listen to things? I would be like, no. And then he'd be like, you want 20 bucks? And I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks. I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the people that were interpreting them said that the clarity was, was there. Like you could definitely identify these words. And the clarity meant that you can't readily explain it by normal means. Kind of like with what we were talking about in the mini episode, that these voices sounded like they were in the room. Yeah. Versus the people talking outside. You could definitely tell the difference. Yeah. So he published his first book called Breakthrough, An Amazing Experiment in Electronic Communication with the Dead in 1968. Oh. Yes. And it was translated... 
into English in 1971. Man, feel in some sort of way. Yes. Very, a very so. extravagant title. <laughs> yes, very much so. So this kind of pioneered the way into spirit boxes, but I have a whole session on spirit boxes coming up. Sure. And that's when things get a little bit, um, how do I want to say? Spoopy? No. No, not things, spoopy. Okay. Things get a little bit like people get a little sassy about it. So we'll Ooh, see. Here for some sass. Oh, yes. So the American Association of Electronic Voice Phenomenon was created, or AAEVP, it was created Thank by you. Sarah Estep. <laughs> Did you see me trying to figure out what that would, uh, what the acronym would be? No. I was like, AA, and you said AAEVP, and I was like, okay. Oh, you got I saw that on the corner of my eye. No. So uh, Sarah, I, I think it's E-step, it might be S-step. Okay. Not sure. Um, in 1982, created the association to increase awareness and focused on teaching standardized methods for capturing EVP, which is great. I like that. She began looking for EVP in 1976 and made hundreds of recordings with them. And she's currently kind of the, I don't want to say guru, but like mom. Kind of. Yeah. She's the mother of EVP. She's, she's the mom. I'm, she's the, I'm like a cool mom. <laughs> Yes. Me, girl. I know. Okay. In 1977, we have Imman's Bauras, sure, <laughs> Department of Psychology at the University of Western Ontario started doing experiments that Konstantin Rodiv and Mary Macy were conducting. Mary Macy was an instrumental transcommunication researcher. Oh, there's such a title. Okay. I know. It's so fancy. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's almost like these guys are scientists or something. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just over here and I'm like, I make cake. Cake is good. Cake is what makes me get through life. So okay. we're right. okay well, with that. Well, yeah. So, all right. so the way that they did this was they tuned the radio to an empty frequency. So something that was purely just white noise. They did 81 sessions for a total of 60 hours and 11 minutes. Consecutive? No. All right. No. I, oh, my God. I would hate to do that consecutively. I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, uh, just trying to get an idea of how the experiment was. If sure. it was like, all right, we did two hours. Peace out, everyone. Or if it was like, we're going to let this go. Right. Yeah. Jump so, on. person either sat silent or tried to make verbal contact with the ghost. Okay. They got events that sounded like voices, but they were too few and random to be described as EVP. So, they concluded... And I quote here, while we did replicate EVP in the weak sense of finding voices on audio tapes, none of the phenomenon found in our study were clearly anomalous, let alone attributable to discarnate beings. Hence, we have failed to replicate the EVP in a strong sense. So they published those findings in the Journal of Scientific Exploration in 2001. Wow. Yeah, relatively recent. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, we're still trying to figure out what's going on with this. In 2005, Alexander McRae, Journal of the Society for Psychical Research. I don't like that word, psychical. He conducted recording ses sessions using his own device that generates EVPs. Well, that sounds like cheating. Yeah. So I, I actually looked into this a little bit more because I was like, well, if you're generating your own EVPs. It's not an EVP. Right. So there's it's no, there's no P to that EVP. Right. So it basically, it's a device that produces anomalous speech patterns similar to EVPs. Still cheating. Agreed. Yeah. 
he came to the conclusion that EVP is a real phenomenon, but whether it's legit coming from an entity is something that he can't conclude. Because you're cheating. I know. Okay. I was like, you created created a device that generates EVPs. You... It's that a random word generator. Like saying that fart noise wasn't me, and then being like, "But I did just fart." Yeah, basically, like it wasn't me, but like I did fart. So yeah, I've so, concluded that the fart does exist. It does exist, hundred percent. Okay, so explanations, and these are going to be obvious, of course, for why it may not be considered a real thing. So. Outside of paranormal research, it's considered auditory pareidolia, and it is a pseudoscience. Okay, but, all right, all right. So, you and in, in the whole, can you hear me thing? I get that as the para, para, pareidolia. Pareidolia. But, like, we the fucking train whistle. Okay, I can't <laughs> get over that. If my brain just, like, if Taylor was like, and there's the train whistle here, and my brain was like, now you're going to hear a goddamn train whistle. No, like I didn't make up that train whistle in my brain. Right. So you can't, you, I can see some of it being the para pair and then the rest of it. I can't say that word. So the para thing, uh-huh. um, and then the rest of it being like fucking legit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Which I'd like to preface. I'd like to kind of like call back to the mini episode. If you think that we are totally just bullshitting you, I don't blame you because you yeah. were not present whenever that occurred. So, and I mean, I also was not present when it occurred, right? But I also know the area that we that, that it happened in. So, yeah, if you think that we're like blowing smoke, totes fine. Yes. Um, I hope that you don't think that though. Right. Oh, uh, cause like. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, that shit was legit. Like, like what? No. Okay, we, we won't get back yes. onto it. Okay. okay, so the natural explanations for this are, of course, auditory pareidolia, mm-hmm. pranks and hoaxes. Hell yeah. Literally just people recording in and then peppering in their questions and stuff with it. But again, that goes back to you have to have hard evidence. Just like how if you guys think we were bullshitting, totally fine. Because you don't have hard evidence that we weren't. Right. So if you're going to do this kind of shit, then yeah, it's easy to be like, ah, someone faked it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The next one is Rorschach audio. Basically that you like, so uh, like the, the image thing, the Rorschach test. Yes. Where you're like, I see David Bowie. Right. Okay. Everybody hears what they're want going to want to hear. And yeah. just like with me hearing the, can you hear me and you not hearing anything. And then even just the suggestion, like whenever we were talking about the uh, you the, said the mommy, mommy get up or it's the, it's time to get up. Yeah. Yes. Cause I definitely heard it's time to get up. Yes. And then when I said mommy get up and then you listened again, you were like, now I hear mommy get up. Yeah. So the mere suggestion that something could even be there will make your brain hear what, what they say you're going to hear. Brain's crazy, man. It, it really just, is. it fills in so much missing information and the suggestion fills that in even further because your brain is just grasping at straws. Exactly. Yes. The next one I thought was like the second I saw this, I was like, excuse me, meteors and meteor showers. What? Yeah. (laughs) I had to go into this. So ionized particles and electrons that are left behind as they pass through the upper atmosphere reflect transmitted radio waves. Uh, No. 
I mean, I don't know anything about meteor showers. Yeah. I'm sure it does have some kind of weird electrical shit. But you can't tell me that every single time someone has gotten some sort of EVP, whether it's a scream, a bump, a whistle, uh, a jiggle. I don't know. I don't know what a jiggle would sound like. But it could be a jiggle. You can't tell me that there was a meteor shower at that time at that area every right. single time. Right. But it's a possible explanation for if there is a meteor shower in that area, then it could be an explanation. But again, whenever I read that, I was like, I feel like meteor showers are pretty few and far between in a lot of areas. And I also feel like for it to have such a great drastic effect on your teeny tiny little recorder. Yeah. Like what kind of recorder did you get? If it can hear meteors. Right. Well, and wouldn't every other... Like your like, radio and all of that be reacting the same way. Yeah, your cell phone. It would be like, remember way back in the day whenever there would be a speaker that's on and you would go by with your cell phone, it would be like, yes. Like, that's what a meteor shower would do. Right. Or at least that's what I think it would. Yeah. Yeah. So, examples of different types of recorders. I actually went through and looked at how each of these recorders work. Mm-hmm. So, there is the traditional regular recorder and i mean the digital recorders that we're using it's a conversion of an analog audio signal into a digital format which is then recorded onto a disc cool so it's pretty simple it it does the thing tape recorders this was kind of interesting because we grew up with tape um mm-hmm. listening to you know cassette tapes and that kind of thing eight tracks. yes we just dated ourselves but yes you dated yourself i know I was there for the ride. (laughs) I dated us, yes. So it makes use of electromagnetic phenomenon to record and reproduce sound waves. Basically, the tape has a very thin coat of tiny particles of magnetic powder on it. And the incoming sound wave is converted to an electrical signal by a microphone. So as the sound moves into the microphone and past the quote-unquote recording head, a time-varying magnetic field is produced and magnetizes the powder in a way that the tape carries the electric signal. And that's how it plays it back. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, okay, yeah, we're talking on, like, very minuscule level, but that's kind of how a vinyl record works too. Right. Because a vinyl record is going based off of different notches and lines and everything. And then the needle is reading that to get the sound. So it's the same concept, but in a smaller portable manner. So exactly. (laughs) And that makes sense because that is dependent on electromagnetic phenomenon because spirits are said to be large and electromagnetic influencers that they could influence it. Now I just like went back in my brain. And was like, I wonder if anyone's ever tried to get EVPs on a vinyl record. I don't know. Because that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't even know how you would go about starting. I don't know the process of making vinyl records. So, if any of you guys know, um, dude, let's do this shit. Yeah. That that'd would be, be awesome. And then, like, oh man. And then you could sell it. And then you would have like a gold EVP record that you would hang on your wall. You could get like a Grammy for it. Okay. I feel like you just Whitney mountain climbed. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah. I've never mountain climbed. No, we have what's known as the Whitney snowball where you start with like, she lost her pin. And then by the end of it, like rapidly, she is homeless in the gutter and diseased. And yeah. Yeah. 
Someone's always dead. Yeah, someone's always died. That's called a Whitney snowball. Yeah. But a Whitney mountain climb, that's a new one. Yeah. 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 That's okay. exactly what you just did. Everything was so successful so quickly. <laughs> EVP Grammy. I'm here for it. All right, yes. let's go. Okay. So the next one is the parabolic microphone. This uses a parabolic reflector to collect and focus sound waves onto a transducer like a satellite dish does with radio waves. So I immediately was like, what? And <laughs> looked at what? what a parabolic reflector is. It is a reflective surface used to collect or project energy. And the shape is like the part of a circular paraboloid. So paraboloid, that's what I want. A say. parabolic microphone, they use those a lot. They actually, I want to say they, I don't know, you guys, I don't do sports. But I want to say way back when for my um, my journalism days, um, parabolic microphones were actually kind of banned in certain scenarios and situations because it would especially in sports, because you could point it at the coach and then hear all of their plays Exactly because of the, the shape. It's got that half dome shape and then the microphone and it just and like sucks all that information in. Yes. That is definitely the technical term. It is. So um, Taylor's got more technical info, I believe. So. Yeah. So it just says that it can pick up very distant sounds coming from one particular direction. And you are correct. They were banned from sporting events for that yes. exact reason. Look at me. So, yes. So the theory behind it is if you pointed one of these down the hallway of an area that's supposed to be haunted, you could pick up any voice coming from the distance down that hallway. Ooh, I don't like that. Like that instantly made me uncomfortable. Yes, I, I don't. And you can listen to it in real time too, which Ooh. is not okay. Yeah, that makes me very uncomfortable. And I'm not even, we're not even doing that. No. And it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, like it's one thing to listen to EB, EVP, like to the digital recorders sitting in my bed with my headphones on and I'm safe. But to have like someone... Which, I mean, that is, like, the whole point of ghost hunting is to have an interaction. But also, it would just, like, I would shit myself. Yeah, legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just right there. Just bricks. Just, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, eh, Whitney died. Okay, so the last one that I have is a binaural microphone. And Bless you. <laughs> I knew you were going to do something like that. <laughs> so, this is a stereo microphone that contains two prosthetic human-shaped ears with microphone capsules embedded in each ear canal. And it's used to capture sound the same way a human would hear it. Okay, I don't want to keep bringing everything back to Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, I thought, I didn't okay. even think about that. Harry Potter in the um, the Order of the Phoenix and Hermione, well, no, it's the, it's the twins. They've yeah. got the thing, but, and then Hermione's cat eats the ear. But it's this giant, like, ear on a string basically that's what you're that's what someone was like fucking harry potter's got the idea and then made a weird ass recording device out of prosthetic ears yes cool yeah so the point of this is that you can get directional sound and it can tell left from right so you could if you had a video camera and you had this and you were walking forward and you got an EVP, but maybe it was from the room to the left of you, it could tell you it was to the left. So, but I, that, I don't feel like you need prosthetic ears for that. You really don't. I don't know. Because a, a lot of recording devices, and I mean, from doing, again, back to journalism and my film stuff, like, 
it your sound would be on the right or on the left. Right. And things are becoming more sophisticated. Like my digital recorder that I did the stuff from the mini, one of the digital recorders has a left, right. Mm-hmm. What? I <laughs> just was thinking, can you imagine if you were like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to hunt this house and it's going to be great. And we got these people that are coming in and someone brings out these like fucked up ear looking things. And you're just like, what the fuck right. is that? I like, I wouldn't be able to, I'd be like, I gotta go. Yeah, clearly, seriously, this is this is obviously a joke to you and your weird ass ears. So I got to go. So that was the rundown, a very brief rundown on digital recorders or on recorders in general. So the next one is cameras and lights. So this does action. This does get a little sassy. Of course. So the way that we use it in ghost hunting, we use it to capture paranormal phenomena like orbs, apparitions, ectoplasm, mists on either video or still media. All right. So the history behind this in the ghost hunting realm started with spirit photography. This was capturing images of ghosts and entities in the late 19th century when the spiritualism movement was doing its thing. Of course. William Mumler and William Hope were big people in this. Um, They took pictures of people with their supposedly dead relatives or with their dead relatives supposedly in the background. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. And it producing the double image. Yes. All right. And I will post on the Instagram. I pulled two of the very famous ones from this that we'll talk about here in just a second. 100% they were frauds. Shocking. Yeah. They were very easily called out that they were frauds, but they were true believers in that spirits could be captured. Fair. Yeah. But they were. But you are now con men. Exactly. Taking money from poor people who are just wanting to see their loved ones. Right. We get into the first practical photography in 1839. Mm-hmm. With the daguerreotype, which was the first publicly available photographic process, it started experimenting with people standing in front of and behind glass windows to try to discover what that effect made on the film. Okay. So this was them basically trying to debunk what was going on. Long exposure could result in transparent images when people or animals left the frame during exposure. Yep. Keep in mind that the... Early photography exposure times were upwards of an hour. Yeah. So I would be leaving. Yeah. It's snack time. Yeah. So So Sir David Brewster realized that you could deliberately create ghostly pictures using this. This was in 1856. The London Stereoscopic Company decided to go ahead and do it. Why the fuck not? They started to create glass plate negatives in 1859 that made double image possible Mm-hmm. And the ghosts started to appear in photographs right after that. What? Who would have? Oh my yes. god! It's like the ghosts were waiting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this kept on. People believed this until Harry Houdini went through his whole "I'm debunking spiritualism" thing in the 1940s. Harry Houdini was like, "You guys can all fuck right off." Oh yeah, he was so because ninety percent of them were fraudsters. Well, yeah, and he was not about that. Yeah. So yes. So that gets us back into getting further into the spirit photography thing. So William Mumler started as a American jeweler or jewelry engraver. And then he was an amateur photographer. Aren't we all? 
<laughs> now that we all have a camera on our phone, yes, we are. It's true. Um, he published an image in 1862 that was report or supposedly his cousin that had died 21 years earlier. And this was like, they went on a freaking circus with this. And it was a huge sensation. And he became, he renamed himself a spirit photographic medium. Get out. Like, yes. <laughs> he flat out, like, he, and it's, I mean, you can read it. Everybody knows that he was a total fraud. So he went on to New York and Boston mm -hmm. to service the people that wanted to make contact with relatives that were killed in the civil war. So now he's capitalizing yeah. on the victims of this war and their loved ones. Mary Lincoln Todd famously went to him yep. to get her picture done to see if her husband would appear President Lincoln. And that's one of the pictures that I'm going to post on yeah. the Instagram. It's very famous. You've likely already seen it before. He was exposed to be creating double exposures of previous clients from plates that weren't cleaned properly. So basically he would create an exposure and then he would only clean the areas that he wanted the new exposure to be on. Yeah. Yeah. He was exposed in 1869 and he was charged with fraud. Whoa. Yes. But he was acquitted despite the fact that one of the evidences that was presented against him showed that one of his quote unquote spirits was actually still alive. Okay. Yeah. He was still acquitted though. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because 1869 was a trip of a time. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, they just doing all sorts of shit back then. Oh yes. So after that, when he was exposed, he was like, you caught me. And he went back to doing regular photography. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. I'll stop. It's whatever. So then we have Frederick Hudson. He was in England in 1872. He gimmicked his camera to hold a pre-exposed image that would move into place when he took his photo. Okay. So that was just another fancy way of doing it. He basically rigged the camera and put it in a box so that you couldn't see this rigging moving the photos in and out. Yeah. But it was basically... Basically the same thing, but yeah, just a little more technically. More, savvy. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's the same thing as like a double exposure, right? Like. Yeah. So the next one is Edouard Bouguet. Bouguet. It's French. France. <laughs> France. France. <laughs> Taylor's finally seen that. I so. did finally watch that. Yes. <laughs> poor, poor Lady France. If you, I don't know your name. If you happen to ever listen, we love you. Um, but that shit was funny. That that was really funny. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of listeners, found out, which you already know this, but I want to shout out our Canadian and Vietnam and UK listeners. Because yeah. we are, in, as Whitney put it, we are internet. Internet. Because we're, we're not necessarily international yet, but we're internet. 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 So, so hello Canada and UK and Vietnam. Hi y'all from Texas. From Texas. So okay, getting back into this. Yes. Edward Bouguet was, or it's probably Bouguet, the way that it's written. B-U-G-U-E-T. We're from Texas. I no, I'm just kidding. But like <laughs> Bouguet. Bouguet. Actually, this way it would be Bouguet. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Continue moving on. on. Let's go. <laughs> so arrested and prosecuted after making a complete full confession, 
He simulated spirits by wrapping dolls in gauze and then attaching photos of faces onto them. And I put in parentheses, excuse me, how did no one notice this? <laughs> yeah. That's like the same as like going to a quote unquote haunted house and then like a balloon with a sheet flying in front of you. And you're like, oh, it was a ghost. Like, what? <laughs> yes. Like, to be honest, what would be more creepy are the death photos that they used to make. Oh, yes. Like, oh my gosh. that's more terrifying than a doll wrapped in gauze. Yes. Like, yeah, what? I just, it kills me. It's like, people of 1875, what was wrong with you? Yeah. How did, how did that ever get off the ground? My but goodness. I, mean, I don't, I don't know what all they had to do for fun. So. That's legit. If you just were living in your own little world and trying to, like, keep, keep things lively why not go get a weird ghost picture yeah it's like nowadays whenever people go and get like glamour shots with their pets yeah yeah like i feel like it's it's the same quality yes yeah okay so the next person is sybil corbett and she's probably one of the most famous of the spirit photographers outside of william hope and uh william mumler so in 1891 she was in england and she was at the Combermere Abbey in Cheshire, England, she took a photo where you can see the faint outline of a man's head, his collar, and his right arm. Oh. I have this image. I'll put it on the Instagram. Mm -hmm. They believed it to be Lorne, oh God, Lord Combermere, who had recently died, and he was actually being buried when this photo was taken. Okay. So. I want to look up this photo. Yeah, yeah. I can actually pull it up if you want to see it. Pull that shit up! Yeah. So you can see right here in his right arm. Oh, now I see him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The exposure time for this photo was an hour. So very easy for someone to just come sit and then leave. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly what they think it is, is somebody came in, sat down, realized, oh, shoot, somebody's taking a picture, and then got up and left. So I feel like that's like a... That wouldn't be like an, oh, shoot, someone's taking a picture. It would be like, ha, ha someone's taking a picture. Yeah. And they go sick. Or they were like, I'm done taking this picture. Because that's what I would do. It could be very well that, so the theory is that the exposure started. Somebody that didn't realize the photo was being taken walked into the frame and sat down. And then within maybe 10 minutes, got back up and moved out of frame. My only thing with that, though, is the person, because that arm is so clear there, that person would have had to have known that a photo was being taken, or they're just going through some shit, and they're really, like, focused and mm -hmm. sitting perfectly still. That is true, and it's facing the camera, so you would know. And those cameras were gigantic. Yeah, so it's not like it would be a question that there's sure. being a photo taken. I, I would think it would be someone... Was in it and then was like, all right, peace out, Girl Scout. And so they left. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. But yeah. And that makes sense. That, that yeah. totally makes sense. So then we get with William Hope. And this was in the 1920s. The 1920s, you 1920s. say? 1920s. You see? You see? So he was shown to be a fraud by, this is where it gets kind of crazy, Harry Price, who was in the Society for Psychical Research, a magician named Seymour. That's all I got. You just named Seymour. <laughs> My favorite name. Eric J. Dingwall. Dingwall? Yes, he was a British anthropologist. 
And then William S. Marriott, which I was like, as in the Marriott Hotels? Not at all. No, not at all. He was a British professional magician and illusionist who investigated and exposed fake mediumship like Harry Houdini did. Oh, cool. Yes. So they presented Hope with glass negatives that had been marked with x-rays. They had already, basically it had a, an, an invisible on signature it. Yeah. on it. Yes. Um, the plate that was returned with the spirit on it had no x-ray makeup on it, which means that he used his own plates, not the ones that they gave him. Oh, fraud. Yes. They wrote the findings in the Journal of the Society for Psychical Research flat out calling him out. Did he know? No. Mm-mm, he had no so idea. So he didn't know that they were like, quote unquote, investigating him? Yeah. So he was like, ha I got a job. And then we're back to the 20s. I got a job. And then they were like, he's a fraud. And then he was like, oh, shit, I got to go. Yep. We jumped to the 2020s, so. Uh, yeah, we sure did. <laughs> we time traveling today. <laughs> Basically, everybody that was in the spiritualist movement was like, y'all have a vendetta against him. And he remained successful, even though they exposed him. Guys. Yeah. Guys. Yes. So. I mean, I like, believe what you want to believe. Again, I don't know how crazy it was back in the 20s. Maybe you guys were fucking bored. I mean, prohibition. I was going to say bullshit. Prohibition. So you were like, where can I get my jollies? Let's go look at these pictures. Yes. So go for it. Another couple names that I came across, but I really didn't have any information on them, were David uh, Duguid and Edward Wiley. A couple explanations for why you might see ghost-like things. Wait, those names are just people that did photos? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, why did we bring them up again? No, yeah. No, they're just two random citizens. I just pulled their names out of hat. Hi. (laughs) Hi, David. Natural explanations for quote-unquote ghost images Uh are, of course, flash reflecting off of dust particles. Mm -hmm. That is, like, 90% of orb pictures are dust particles with. Like the orb photo we saw. uh, That was a bug. Okay. Okay, guys. So we did we did the uh, the Cowtown Winery ghost tour uh, in Fort Worth, which was excellent. Nothing against anything oh, yeah. that we did because it, it was it was great. Um, one of the photos that our tour guide showed was an orb that he caught on his phone, or was it a security? Camera? It was a picture of a security cam feed. Okay, and so he was like, "Yeah, like look, it's got wings, it's got horns," and and Taylor and I we we looked and we were like, "Okay." And then we started, you know, tour moved on. And Taylor was like, that was a fucking bug, right? And I was like, it looked like a uh, Thanksgiving turkey. It really did. Because it it had legs. It had, like, the chicken wings. Like, to me, it looked like a turkey. But it definitely wasn't a ghost turkey. No. Uh, So it must have been a bug. Yeah. This guy also said that he liked ghost adventures because... The main guy isn't over the top, and he likes to debunk everything that he does. And we were like, are you sure you're talking about ghost adventures? I'm sure he meant ghost hunters. Yeah. Because unless you guys don't know what drama is, um, ghost adventures is full of that. So, yes. So another way to explain ghost images, camera strap or a hair Yep, being against the lens. (laughs) 100% or a finger. Or finger, yes. Lens flare. Yep. And then flat out just pareidolia. Yep. Yep. There's, you can make all kinds of patterns in there. Yeah. And then of course, with the progression of technology, we have smartphones that there are literally apps that will add ghosts to photos now. Yeah. So 
While ghosts, I have on here, while ghosts may not put off visible energy, they may produce infrared or ultraviolet energy. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that you may be able to catch them on one device versus not on a visible device. Mm -hmm. Different examples that I have, I've got thermal cameras, IR night vision, full spectrum, and then the SLS cams. Thermal cameras, objects give off heat in the form of infrared or thermal energy. The lens has a thermal sensor in it. There's some processing electronics, and then there's a mechanical housing that all of this sits in. And the infrared data is converted into an electronic image that shows the apparent surface temperature of an object. Okay. Uses mid to long wave IR energy, and this is not the same as an IR camera. Okay. Yes. Because I I wanted to make that distinction as well. Well, I was going to say, you can still fake it. Yes, 100%. Because I remember when I was getting, when I was buying my house and uh, the inspector came out, he had he had a, a heat gun to see like where the electrical stuff was, if mm-hmm. there was any like stuff in the attic and everything. Um, and he, he was showing it to me for some reason and he was like, hey, hey, watch this. And he put his hand on the wall and then he took it off and he pointed the camera at it and it had just a big handprint which I was like, please do that so I can take a picture and send it to Taylor. Because at the time you were like, no, go. Yes. That freaked you the fuck out. But uh, yeah, so you can definitely fake that. Yes, 100%. The IR night vision cameras use shortwave IR energy as opposed to mid or long wave. Okay. So that's why those two are different. Um, it, it illuminates an area of interest and measures the amount of shortwave IR energy coming from an object. So that's how those two work. Night vision and IR work the same way. Got it. Magic. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, the full spectrum camera can see all the way through UV, visible light, and infrared. Okay. So you basically take uh, the IR blocking filter that is over the lens of your camera and replace it with a clear filter. And that's what makes it able to see all of the different EM spectrum wavelengths. You can choose... A, an appropriate filter or lens to capture the spectrum that you want. So if you want a camera that will just u- do UV, you can choose the appropriate filter or lens to capture ju- the UV spectrum that you want. So if you just want to see UV, then you would get a thing or lens for that. Or if you just want IR, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. The SLS cam is a thing that really came out recently. It uses a camera similar to the Kinect. Well, actually, it is the Kinect motion sensor whenever it was like mm-hmm. Xbox One or I don't know what, Xbox 360, whatever the, that was yeah. on. Um, so it produces its own invisible IR laser grid over a very wide field. And then the software calculates the distance between the dots to build a 3D model of what you're looking at. Right. So... It sees the physical representation of the space, so it doesn't rely on colors or visible light or anything like that. That being said, it is not bound by the visible spectrum. That's how it can map figures in, because it, it sees those other spectrums. It can recognize human features and detects human limbs and movement, uh-huh. which is the whole premise behind, you know, PlayStation does it now. and Right, yeah. yeah. So... Because of that, and because it can see in the other spectrums, if it sees a human figure that is actually in the IR spectrum, it will map it in. Oh? Yes. So that's the premise behind the SLS cam. Now, have there been 
people who have done both the SLS and the IR IR at the same time and gotten the same results of like, oh, there's a figure there on the IR and I see a figure on the SLS. I'm sure there are, but I, I haven't looked for it. So okay. yeah. Cause that would, I feel like that's the only way that I would believe it. But it, it's not that I don't believe one or the other, but to like solidify. Yeah. Like that would make having that connection would be what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting into the ovaluses. And this is the ovaluses. This is basically a speaking spell for ghosts. The spirits can select words or syllables to create sentences. Okay. So the history behind it, this was all created by Bill Chappell. If you don't know who Bill Chappell is, he's basically the main engineer for Ghost Adventures. They use him and Gary Galka for everything. Yeah. Which so, I mean so do a lot of others because yes he you know they've become the names yeah in yeah lots of people are very skeptical about this device easy to tamper with especially on tv shows okay that you can you could easily have an obelisk that you can feed words into and just mm. you know okay does not seem likely that any spirit could easily communicate with this and there was a person called the ufo nut um, that he, <laughs> quote, says, if a spirit wanted to answer your question with a specific word, then the spirit would first have to know how to manipulate the embedded software, then scan through a microchip made of millions of transistors, and then be able to see which transistors are turned on in a specific binary sequence for the word they're looking for, then, quote unquote, of course, they need to know binary conversion. Then it would need to be able to track back from the transistors through the software. The spirit would also have to know all of the different types of software programs that could be used to achieve this. After that, the spirit would have to read the data table, which assigns a specific number to the word they want, backtrack that number through another memory chip through millions of transistors and see how to manipulate the environment and get your answer. So very technical ghost. Yes, very technical. Basically, the, the the scientific community outside of ghost hunting is like, this is very likely an overpriced random word generator. But couldn't the ghost also not fuck with the software and just be like, purple? I don't know, because it's not a microphone. No, but them knowing this is what I want to say and the energy that they're trying to use to say it, that's Maybe the theory behind it. it? Yeah, okay. that's the theory behind it. Basically, the science behind it is it uses fluctuations in the temperature and the magnetic field around the device for the syllable and word uh, selection. So maybe it's more they feel purple. <laughs> maybe. Does everything taste blue? <laughs> <laughs> so come on, purple. Come on, purple. Ah, oh, it said yellow. Fuck. It said yellow. God damn it. So the examples of these, of course, is the entire Ovilus line. So we have the Ovilus, which is no longer in production. Well, it had sev seven modes of operation with a list of 512 words and a full phonetic generator so that spirits could create whatever word they wanted that wasn't already in the database. Okay. Then we moved into the Ovilus FX, which is no also not in production it has a built-in 1024 word dictionary and can replay the last thousand words that were said 
So it keeps a recording as opposed to the previous one that it was like, if you're not recording, you're not capturing. Okay. It provides a PC interface so that you can plug in and it has nine modes of operation with a built-in speaker. So you can hear the words as well. Okay. Then the one that's currently in production is the Autolus X Rev B. Um, it's a combo between the Paranormal Puck, which we'll talk about in a, another episode, the Obelus and PX devices. And the PX device is basically a combination of an Obelus and a Paranormal Puck. So it's like a, it's a weird amalgamation of a bunch of different things. The Paranormal Puck captures and data logs changes in the environment, images, and audio through a host PC, and then also has alarm functions. Okay, so... The Obelisk 2 has a video version and a non-video version. The video one is in production. The non-video is not. And it's basically an Obelisk with a screen. <laughs> so, um, oh, okay. You said video, and I was like, so it's a camera too? No, yeah. No, it just it just produces, has a yeah. screen. Okay. The cool thing about this, it features near-human speech with 11 different voices. Basically, it's a, if a female comes through, it can generate the female voice. If a male comes through, it can generate a male voice kind of thing. Okay. So it's not like an Alexa. No. Yeah. Okay. It's not. So it also has a video Oh, that has a built-in video camera and a sonic range finder. So. Sonic? What about tails? <laughs> <laughs> then we have the Video OSD Obelisk. This has glasses associated with it. And this one is in field testing. Ghost Adventures has used it a few times. That's where Glasses? Yeah, where you is have like Google Glass and it's like augmented reality kind of shit. Okay. Kind of, where you can see the actual readout on the bottom of the glasses, what the word is. But why? So that you're not taking your attention away from what's happening in front of you. That's why one so. person does that shit. The <laughs> other person does the other shit. Now I have to wear more crap on my face? Yep. Yeah, so there's also the iOvilus, which is a app. This one, it goes inside of your eyeball. It's not glasses, it's a contact. No, it's an iPod or iPhone app. Okay. <laughs> um, it has a 1,000 word vocabulary. So it is actually currently available through the App Store. But does it work? I have no idea. I thought about testing it. Yeah, we could give it a shot. Yeah. I want to say it's like 10 bucks, though. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> I don't want to pay for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what we have, this is moving off of the obelisk, but it is still in that realm. It's the Envoy Ghost Box. And this is not created by Bill Chapel. This is actually created through Ghost Stop. So okay. that's where I get all of the, that's where I got all of our paranormal equipment. So this is designed to present entities with a simple and flexible way to communicate through numbers, words, phrases, emotions, and yes, no answers. I like this because it has a touch feature. So basically, instead of looking at changing EMF, changing temperature in order to generate words, spirits can literally tap on the device to select something, assuming they have that ability. So, okay. I still feel like it's the same. Sure. I mean, the spirit's still like... If you go with the the UFO nut, was that yeah. his name? If you go with all that craziness. If you go with that, it's the same concept as yeah. far as like he has, the spirit has to be very technologically um, in tune versus just saying purple. Right. So I feel like it's the same because either they think purple and it picks it from the machine or they touch it 
And they're like, please say purple. No, no, no. So the way that the ghost, the ghost box works is it scrolls through numbers and letters. And then whenever it gets to the number or letter that it wants, it taps. Oh, oh, yes. Ooh, dislike further. Okay. Because <laughs> it turned into an electronic Ouija board. Kind of, yes. Ooh, yeah, nope. Yeah. Not on board. Okay, well, we have one. <laughs> well, that's upsetting. It does scan the environment for EMF spikes, temperature, and touch, but you have full control over the sensitivity of those sensors. So if you don't want them to be able to touch it, you turn the touch off. If you only want to get touch, you can turn the other two off. Still a Ouija board. Still a Ouija board. Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. All right. So getting into spirit boxes. All right. This is where it gets a little sassy. So spirit it's boxes. It's pretty sassy the whole time. I know, yeah. Like even UFO Nut with his his explanation, while it was way too detailed, still was like, yeah, girl. Bitches. <laughs> yeah. So these are used for real-time communication with spirits. And there are two devices that basically pioneered these. There was, of course, the Spiritcom by William O'Neill in the 1980s. It was built to specificate. Okay, this is where it gets crazy. Oh my god! It was built to specifications that he received psychically from George Mueller, who had died in 1974. Okay. Uh huh. That's what I said. So it claimed that he could hold a two-way conversation with spirits and provided the design to researchers. No one can replicate his results. Huh. George Meek, who was O'Neill's partner, claimed that O'Neill, being a medium is why he got such good results and that no one else can replicate. So, so, so Meek was in fact Meek. Yeah. And was like, whatever you say, Kimo Sabi, let's go. Yes, basically. Okay. The design and science were, okay, this is where it gets sassy. Kenny Biddle, he wrote an article in 2020 uh -huh. about this. Oh, recent. Okay. It was very recent, but I want to start this with, it's very clear this guy does not believe in ghosts and he views ghost hunting as a waste of time. Like he makes that very clear in the first couple of sentences. Fair. He, lots of quotes around things like ghost and paranormal technician and calls ghost stories frivolous. 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 Oh, well. So starting with that mindset, I read through and I honestly wouldn't say he actually debunks the design and the science behind it he just points out that it's likely o'neill was faking everything but he cites why he thinks he was faking it okay so the voice that was coming out of the spirit com was very electric uh, or electronic sounding it sounds very much like an artificial larynx that smokers use okay there are points where o'neill's voice comes through in that same electronic tone as the spirit's voice and he thinks it's because he was speaking before he was fully pulling the larynx device away fair i mean also during so these were videotaped okay through the entire videotape o'neill's back is turned to the camera yeah that's a little sketch yeah yeah it is possible, he cites this in his article, that O'Neill possibly had schizophrenia, but he didn't actually cite who says that in his article. He just says people say he might have had schizophrenia. Which, it's legit. He may have. He may who knows? have. And that could also be the ghost voices. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
So the next one is Frank's box or the ghost box. This is where we really pick up back onto the ghost box. This was done in 2002 by Frank Sumpton. So relatively recently. He claims he got the design from the other side. Why? How does this keep happening? Yeah. What shit are they smoking? What? I legit put in parentheses, what in the actual fuck, y'all? Like, what the (laughs) fuck? Because, like... Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna start pulling shit out of my ass and be like, yeah. "Spirit world told me, spirit, spirit can't, can't do, it. do it, not, not today." today. <laughs> yeah, I, like guys, yeah, yeah. Basically, this is a combination of a white noise generator and an AM radio receiver that modify that is modified to sweep back and forth through the bands. So this okay. is the what we think of when we think of spirit boxes. Right. He created 180 boxes. There are only 97 left in existence now of the original Frank's box. Okay. It is considered the modern version of the Ouija board by Ben Radford. Also, you keep saying Frank's box, and it makes me think of, like, a box of hot dogs. Oh. Now I want a hot dog, damn it. (laughs) I'm like, damn, that sounds good. See, I was like, ooh. (laughs) Because, of course, in my mind, they're not cooked hot dogs. Yeah, they're just raw hot dogs in a box. Raw hot dogs in a box. Probably a wooden box, so getting all their hot dog juice inside the wood. Yeah. (laughs) They all smell like fresh lumber. (laughs) Okay. No, the fresh lumber smells like hot dogs. Okay, off of the hot dogs. Oh, my gosh. So the combination of uh, hot dogs and lumber made me think of the hot dog guy outside of Lowe's. What the that hot dog guy. Those hot dogs are so good. Oh, Jesus. So, the science behind how these works is basically AMFM frequencies are used, are rapidly scanned through to provide white noise for ghosts to communicate through. Okay. It allows them to communicate by altering the white noise energy to select words or phrases or create words or phrases. Mm-hmm. Clear phrases and responses can be heard and sometimes they can even be intelligent. That being said, it is very easy because you got me a spirit box. You got me the SB7 spirit box and sure. then I have the S box. Okay. Radio frequencies, if you are in an area that has a lot of radio stations, little words and phrases will, will come through. through. Yeah. And Sometimes there are some times where it's like very clearly that was a radio kind of thing. That being said, I have gotten Spanish words on there. I've gotten like Spanish words that span multiple frequencies. I got que esta, which is what is that or what is. I got Lizbeth's name and Lizbeth was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got Tori's name at one point. It said Tori and her real name is Victoria. So for Tori to come through is weird, but it could also be the tail end of of another word. That's what I was about to say. Exactly. There are several examples of this. And so actually there is a device that will cancel out all of the radio noise from those frequencies. Okay. And I'm looking at getting one of those. You can also use a Faraday cage to stop the radio interference on that and just get the white noise. Okay. So I'm looking into those to use because it's a little convenient whenever things come through and it's like, yeah, but you can hear music coming through on some of these stations. Yeah. But also like, or cause I know you can change the frequency of how fast it goes through those. Mm -hmm. 
So for it to have, I don't remember what you said, you know, that Spanish phrase that obviously wasn't one frequency scan. Right. It was over the course of a couple. Right. So like, Same. I, could, I could see being like, okay, that, that couldn't have been from a radio station unless you somehow got five Spanish radio stations that all managed to say that phrase in that order. Right. Which is, whoa. And that's also with Lizbeth's name. Lizbeth it, is multiple very, syllables. And it's a very unique name yes. as well. As opposed to Tori, which could be Victory. Um, accusatory, you know, yeah. yeah. There's there are many words that that could follow. Tori's so accusatory. What? That's the Tori's accusatory. Accusatory. She's accusatory. gonna be like, what the fuck, you guys? Jacques. Jacques. Okay. So examples of these are the SB7. Uh-huh. And uh, this is radio frequency sweeps to generate white noise. Voices or sound can come through the static. It has features of both AM and FM bands focuses on a set of radio or frequency ranges where experienced paranormal investigators have found the best results. Mm -hmm. It has a a multi-second adjustable forward and reverse. Oh, I'm sorry. Millisecond, not multi-second. Millisecond adjustable forward or reverse frequency sweep technique. So you can adjust whether you want it to go slow or fast between those. Oh, okay. I thought you were meaning like it would play back what was said. And I was like, Well, that's weird. (laughs) That seems incorrect. Right. High frequency synthetic noise or white noise is distributed between the frequency steps. So basically you're not getting a blank in between those. It'll generate its own white noise as well. So, okay. The ones that go like, instead it's just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The internal speaker, it has an internal speaker, but you can also use earphones or an external speaker. And I highly suggest using an external speaker because that internal speaker is so quiet. The SB11 is the next version of this, and it is a single or dual simultaneous sweep mode. You can basically think of it as two SB7s put together, and one will sweep one way, the other will sweep the other way. So if you got something, it would be very unlikely that it came from a radio station. Exactly, yes. So it also has a temperature alert, and it has a tone on it. Um, You can select whether you want AM or FM. It has a tone on it? Like yeah. it can it can distinguish and be like, that's a bad attitude. No. <laughs> Meaning that temperature raised so it gave you an alarm. <laughs> oh my god. I just, you know, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's uh-huh. fair. Okay. So AMFM selectability, you can adjust the sweep speeds. You can do forward and reverse. You can adjust the attend okay. Adjust the antenna signal attenuation, which I had to look up because I was like, what the fuck? That controls how strong the signal actually is. So if you want the signal to be very strong, because maybe you're in an area that doesn't have a lot of radio towers, you can adjust so that it's really trying Uh, to pull. Okay. I was like, but you don't want the radio station to be stronger, but I guess say we're at the lake yes and we need it to be stronger because there's really not a whole lot happening there yes got it okay yeah. so it also has an ambient an ambient temperature deviation detection system which means that it can detect hot and cold spots with sound and lights Ooh. it has a red led flashlight and the fact that it's red is significant because that helps maintain your night vision ah. so Dual simultaneous audio outputs, meaning that you can listen to 
one person can listen to it sweep one way, the other person can listen to it sweep the other way. So you can listen in real time. And if Ooh. you both say the same thing at the same time, then Oh. Yeah. Ooh, that gives me the heaps. Yeah. Like, what if you're what if you're listening and like one of you hears what if you hear two sides to a conversation? That's actually happened before. That's like whoa. So on Kindred Spirits, Amy and Adam did an experiment with two of their friends that are their witches, I guess. And one of them had an old version of a spirit box. Okay. And they had maybe the geophone. That might be what they had. And then the other had an SB7. I hate the geophone. I do too. I'm just saying, like, throwing that out there. I don't know if it's part of this list. But the geophone, I feel like I can never hear anything. Yeah, no. I think that's very much, you have to be in person listening to it. Fair. It doesn't translate over the TV. Got it. So, but they have them sitting back to back, both of them wearing the Vic First headphones that I have. Uh And that was where I was like, oh, so. Sure. Yeah. So they're wearing those and they're both tuned into two different spirit boxes. Okay. And. One of them is talking and then the other's responding. So Adam and the other guy are asking questions and one of them is responding about one subject. And then at one point, Amy starts saying things like, let me talk and like, can I speak? And then finally the other, the lady that's with her goes, okay, you can talk. And then Amy starts answering questions. So when you say they like... They're saying, so they're saying what they hear through the box. Sorry. Yes. I should explain this a little bit more. Okay, I was like, cause I can do that too. I yeah. can tell you when to talk and not to talk. No, they're using what's known as the Estes method, which is one person wears the headphones with the spirit box turned all the way up so that you cannot hear anything beside the spirit box. The other person asks questions quietly so that the person listening cannot hear what you're asking. Okay. Yes. That makes more sense. And now, yeah, it's a little terrifying. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, you hear them talking back and forth between each other and then them trading off answering Adam's questions, depending on what the subject is and who has decided that they can talk and who, yeah, it's that a whole be, thing. That would be fascinating. Yeah, it was absolutely fascinating. Yes. But could you do it with the... The one that's sweeping one way and the one that's sweeping another way. I'm sure you could. Yeah, it's it's a dual port. So you would just put headphones into one jack and headphones into the other. And then, yeah. Okay. So the next one is the S box. And this is the most recent version of the spirit box. This is the one, the one of the ones that I have. Okay. This is a sweep scanner with a built-in recorder. So that's nice. You can automatically play back yeah. the things that you're you're recording. Which I think is the hardest thing for the spirit box is because you do get the, well, was it the radio station or not? Right. But that you could play back and be like, that fucking wasn't. Right. And on top of that, you're getting the same quality of sound as when it initially came through, as uh, opposed to trying to listen on a digital recorder or a video camera. Right. You can do... Sweeping with FM AM, you can select the speed and direction of the sweep. You can change it at any time, but it also has a signal detect where if it senses that something is trying to come through, meaning that there is a push in the amount of electromagnetic frequency, it will pause a little bit on that signal to allow for more syllables to come through. Oh, that hurts my nose. I don't know why that freaks me out. 
Like, uh, I... Because it's a digital Ouija board. Uh, Are you sure you want to be a ghost hunter? I'm fine. (laughs) It's still just like... Yes. So you can do the recordings with a Ouija Ouija board. You can do recordings with an SD card. Um, You can play back without having to use a computer. It does have a rechargeable battery, which is wonderful. And the firmware and software changes are this device is set up so that you can just plug your thing in and do an update as opposed to having to get a new device every time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that wraps up my rundown on the first four of my paranormal equipment. Wow. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Well, good. Good. It was, it was interesting. Still glad you're doing this one because that's homework. I know, yes, 100%. But I enjoyed hearing about it. Good. Yeah. Yes. So the next episode that we're doing is Ouija Boards. Ouija Boards. A whole episode on Ouija Boards. So yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. We will not be using a Ouija Board. So if you guys think that we are, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely kidding, not. Don't. But we're also not doing that. We are not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I will not touch a Ouija Board. So if you want to reach out to us, you're welcome to do so on Instagram, and it turns out Pinterest is actually the Ghost Sisters TX as well. So Insta and the and Pinterest is the Ghost Sisters TX. Well, who's reaching out on Pinterest? I don't know, but I put us on Pinterest. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Insta or Pinterest, Ghost Sisters TX, Twitter or Facebooks were the Ghost Sisters, and Gmail is the Ghost Sisters TX at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you have any questions about what kind of equipment should I buy, say, at Taylor, and ask all of your questions, and she'll get you set up. Or if you have a story that you would like to tell us about any of the equipment that you have and anything that you found or any issues that you found, uh, hit us up. Yes, because I'm very much a – I like seeing the device working in my hand and – I, I like knowing how the inner workings work. So if you know more about this stuff and want to add to it, please do so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, we will spook you guys later. Spook you later. Do that every time. Yeah, you do. You do. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.